So I wanted you on here so that we can talk about the group. Yes. That you're putting together, which, you know, I'm jumping right in. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad you are because the more, the merrier. Yes. So um, with my whole, you know, my mom is sick right now. Um, She's on hospice care, but living with me. So I started... um, I I started to realize that grief happens before you lose the person you love. There's this whole, it's, it's such a different life. I, and, and you can't prepare for it. I'm so unprepared. And there are days where I feel like I'm killing it. And then there are days where I feel like I am failing miserably, Mm -hmm. but you know, taking care of my mom as she kind of goes, this final leg of her journey is important to me. Yes. And you know, then you and I started to talk and... Right. Well, my story is very similar to yours. I was um, in the same boat with my mom, who was diagnosed with dementia about four years ago. And it had been kind of a slow and steady... She would hit a plateau, and then she'd drop. She'd hit a plateau, and then she'd drop. And it was just this year that we started seeing really rapid changes in her behavior and what she was able to do and not do. And after a very long and drawn out uh, time period, it was eventually brain cancer that my mom passed away mm-hmm. from. And to your point about grieving, we started grieving, or I know I did, um, when I say we, I refer to my brother and myself because the two of us kind of went through this journey with her. But we started grieving at the beginning of the dementia because mm-hmm. this woman that raised us and was so eloquent and beautiful and a part of our lives and our children's lives was completely different. And she wasn't the mom anymore. It became apparent that I was her mom and we had a complete role reversal. So the grieving started back then when I was grieving that I'm not the daughter anymore, even though I am the daughter, I'm the caretaker. Yeah. And she kind of kicked back on that a little bit. We talked about that. I know sometimes Ronnie has things to say too, but lots of things. They're aware (laughs) that this whole thing is changing. And um, as I was writing about the journey I was on with my mother and putting out there about the grief I was feeling, uh, one day I just decided to ask, is anybody else interested in discussing this? Like, can we do something with this collective pain that we have? Um, and I thought of the circle of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, let's put a circle together. Let's just join and, you know, compare what we're going through and how we're coping. So that led to um, having this group, the circle of grief. Yeah. And the thing that I love is you don't want it to just be a gathering of people who are going to cry and jump up and say, this is my pain, this is what my loved one passed from, I'm a widow, I'm a daughter who's lost a mom or a dad, or even, can't even imagine, a a parent who's lost a child. It's not about coming together in in a wallowing circle. No wallowing. um, (laughs) The way you want to set it up is, um, well, how do you want to set it up? I don't want to say So in that vein, what you're discussing, um, my mom was probably the most positive person in my life. Mm -hmm. And to honor her and her positivity, I don't want to wallow in the grief, even though I'm really grieving her loss. So it, it just, you know, I've been really thinking a lot on this subject and talking to a lot of different people. 
And I think we need to, because it affects so many of us, I think we need to look at it, to feel it, to honor it, and process it so that we don't get stuck in mm -hmm. this endless bog of grief. And what I'm interested in doing is not having a cry fast. I'm interested in education and teaching us, including myself, how do I get through this? How do I go through my day if all of a sudden something reminds me of mom and, and I feel like I need to cry or I get upset? Like, how do I work through that? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm talking to, I have a couple of uh, speakers coming. So I want the circle to be educational and formatted. I don't want it to be an open, well, this happened to me. I lost this one and I lost that one. Which can, like, that can get out of control when you have... Mm -hmm. When you're putting a group together, I've I've been a group leader for certain things, and you kind of go in there with one mindset, and you're prepared, and you know what you're going to say, and you know how you're going to lead the group, and then inevitably, there's someone who gets triggered, mm -hmm. who, well, I just wanted to ask, and they start to frame it as a question, and then 20 minutes later, yes, they're still kind of getting, you know, they're still going through their trigger. So, yeah. um, I'm I'm glad that you're letting it be known. It's it's not that I don't want you to cry. It's not that I don't want you to feel bad, but <clears throat> I want more to help you get through it. Right, and we're here to help everyone in the group, not just one person, mm -hmm. right? So it's for all of us that are gathered. Um, and I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I'm anticipating it could happen. Yeah. So the way I see it formatted, and it is our first one, so mm -hmm. it's kind of like our test run. Um, I'll start and I'll introduce the, you know, who's going to speak, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my why and why I'm so glad everyone is there. And then my next speaker is going to be Deborah Marini, who you also met and spoke yeah, with. she's so, oh my God, she's so she's amazing. She's an amazing woman, and her insight will be so welcomed. Um, and we, we're going to talk about the mental health aspects of grief. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone who's you're referring to who might want to steal the show, maybe they can take something from that, like, wait a second, is this me that we're talking about? Um, and then after Deb, I have uh, Megan Callis also who's going to uh, join us, and she is a breath worker. Mm -hmm. So she works with all kinds of uh, personal issues, and she teaches technique that you can simply use if you find yourself with an anxiety issue or if you're having a panic attack or all of a sudden overwhelmed with grief. She's going to teach us a couple of things that we can keep in our back pocket just so we have it. And right. if we need it, we have it. Mm -hmm. And she's been so welcoming and, and just wonderful. So after Debbie, I want her to come on and give us a couple of things. Then time permitting, we may do a Q&A. And, you know, at that point, you know, like our friend Jessica, I'm going to have a timekeeper. You know, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Can I be the timekeeper? You can. <laughs> if you, you can go like this. We're done. <laughs> I'll just go, ding, sorry. <laughs> Next. So that's the plan. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate because when I put it out there, a woman reached out to me who has this beautiful garden center in mm -hmm. Howell. And um, I've never met her. I don't even, I didn't know her at all. And she reached out to me and said, you know, I lost my husband two years ago, and you are so welcome to have this circle at my farm. And that just to me said... You, this is the right thing to do yeah, because right people path. need this. I'm yeah. on the right path. And I went to meet her and I saw the space and we'll actually be meeting under a 300 year old tree, Yeah, which I'm a tree hugger. I love that stuff. So um, it just seems like the atmosphere is going to lend itself 
just where we are it's mm -hmm. going to lend us to it's a beautiful space because uh, i used to live near there it it's going to be i think it'll be a healing fun and hopefully we will have um, connections made where people might make new friends who have similar backgrounds going through similar things where after they meet at the group they could still stay in touch and, yeah. and go for coffee or whatever how many times do you think it's going to meet oh well or are you thinking <laughs> at least once a month to start I think so. I have three planned. Mm -hmm. So we're starting in August. I'm doing a second one in September. And then a third one, I just have to grab a date because I have to coordinate people that will speak. But I want each one to have a theme, too. Mm -hmm. it, you know, I don't want it to be all over the place. Right. I want to kind of keep it focused mm -hmm. and on an issue. And, you know, obviously grief is the issue. But what can we do with it? You know, and so sound, music. Uh, the arts, you know, I just feel like there's things that we could do as a group that, you know, will make us feel better and laugh and have a good time doing. And in the meantime, still honoring what we feel and learning to work through that. So this is how I know that I am maturing and I'm a full grown woman. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm listening to everything that you're saying. And I'm thinking 10 years ago, if you had said that you wanted to do something like this and this setting and how you want to have people come in and talk about it and how you want to move through it, I literally would have just rolled my eyes and said, well, that group's just not for me because right. that's not that's not how I, I can't even imagine that that's something like that that would help me. Now, at the age I'm at, um, and and actually going through the process of being a caretaker yeah, and understanding how much my life has changed now that my mom has come to live with me. Um, you know, she was supposed to have six to eight weeks. And I've told you, like, I, I joke with my mother when she gets a little testy with me because <laughs> now we're at 10, almost 11 months. Right. Actually, we're at 11 months because August will be a year That's since she amazing. got that diagnosis. That, that she got the final diagnosis of, you know, she's been sick for 10 years, but, you know, now we're at six to eight weeks and all well, the therapy was ending, you know, so now when she gets testy with me, I look at her and I remind her, you know, hey, Ronnie, <laughs> you were on the six to eight week plan. I figured, all right, maybe 10 weeks and then I'll have my life back. And here I am a year later and you have completely taken it over along with the TV Jeopardy Wheel of Fortune my and all money. the things that I've <laughs> never, ever, ever watched in my life. So keep it up and I'm sending you back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so when I I have a good sense of humor and I do try to look at the humor and things and I, I do look at it as I have this time now with her that I never thought that I would have. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for it. Um, <clears throat> it's a gift. But in what's happened in, in this whole year, the emotions, uh, the thoughts, sometimes the, uh, you know, the sadness, sometimes the guilt and the loss of friends yes, and people who really, who say they understand, but they don't understand has completely changed my perspective on how to grieve. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I'm sorry, guys, stop for a second. <coughs> We're going to edit this out, right? This has never happened to me, Tracy. Anyone Usually the I go look? through it without a break. Mm. Oh, my God. What was the last thing I said? People losing friends. Going through this whole process of grief 
is completely different. Yeah. And now listening to what you're saying about meeting with people, talking with them, getting um, different skills. Yes. Because really that's what you're doing. You're bringing in people that are going to give those of us who are grieving either um, still through an illness of a loved one or because we've lost someone, you're giving us the tools and the skills that we're going to need to kind of get through it so that we do not get sucked into that, like, that vortex. Yes, and we all know people that are really stuck. And, you know, it's almost like... Okay, did this grief trigger a mental illness in this person because it's above and beyond normal grieving, right? Mm-hmm. It just is very extreme and you can see it. So those are the things that I think we need to talk about. Like how far is your grief taking you? Are, is it taking you too far? Mm-hmm. You know, and for people that, you know, to your point, you lo- lose touch with you while you're in the middle of this horrible part of your life. It's a beautiful part, but it's a horrible part because yeah. it's the ending of a very important relationship and the the fact that you get this time with ronnie like i said it's a huge gift oh it it is a huge gift i i it reminds me of when i was raising kayla and there were some days when i thought oh my god i never want her to go beyond this age because this is the best Mm -hmm. and then there were other days where you know she was having a meltdown and i was like so how many more years till she goes away to college (laughs) when is that going to happen um you know, that happens with my mom. Yes. The majority of the days, I, you know, we just kind of breeze through them. But, and and for a woman who has, you know, who is at this stage in her life, she looks good. She still, you know, she's aware of everything that's going on around her. But the thing that I wasn't prepared for was how much mental mm-hmm. space yeah. it would take up in my strength. life it takes mental strength 70 percent of of what i'm thinking about even being here it's there's gonna you know being here at least three times i've already thought god i hope she didn't fall I, yeah. you know i hope when i get home everything is still good it's a constant um you're trying to live in each moment but each moment is always peppered with oh my god i gotta call her i gotta which then pushes out a million other things. I'm forgetful. I, I you know, sure. I've told you, I've had people, you know, tell me off yeah. because I've hurt them. I forgot about them. They feel like I don't care about them anymore, and I beat myself up for being this terrible friend. And then I look at them and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, they are. They're not that good of a friend if they're beating you up. Yeah. Um, there's no right or wrong way. I think you know it's each family has their own individual style and way yeah. to do it um, but when you when you say the word space I think that's such a good word to talk about because that is what you need you need that space to be allowed to do what you're doing without any kind of critical judgment mm. you know for you in your family dynamic this is what you need to do it might not be what someone else needs to do or can right. do but it's for you and to to have anyone critical of that means that they don't get it (laughs) they just don't get it and it's a shame because you know i i had to say no to so many things when i was going through this with my mother especially at the end right i i wasn't around for my husband my children i was there for her 
Well, because you had to go out of state. I had to go down to well, Florida. On top of all that, I mean, my mom is with me, but yeah. you had to go out of state. I had to drop everything. My home, yeah. my work, like I said, my children, my friendships. I canceled every. I said no to everything. I just couldn't commit to something because nine times out of ten, I'd have to cancel anyway. Right. So, you know, that was the space I needed at the time was to be okay with doing that. And it's not easy, you know, because you're literally leaving your life and you're jumping into her life and right. it's the end of her life. And to me, that's the most important thing to remember and what these other people don't understand. This is the end of her life. This is it. I'm witnessing the end of this life. And I'm, damn it, I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to be there for her. And, and you're the same way. So um, for people that don't understand how important that is and how to honor that space, you know, it, it's kind of their loss because maybe they're just not open enough to understand you know what people need at this time it's such an you couldn't even imagine what this would be like when we were in our 30s or 40s raising our kids I could never imagine you know when I was young with young kids like you were just saying about having my mom being mm -hmm. a kid later yeah. on in my life I never would have thought that. no I never you know and a lot of the people who are who are so critical are people who have lost their mm -hmm. mother but perhaps you know like you said, everybody deals with things differently. Everybody handles their grieving process because it I, sounds like they weren't allowed to grieve. That's what I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if not. they were told that's enough, you know, right. get back to work, go to school and not allowed. And to. we talked about that, too. You said going through this now, you can't imagine what it would have been like had you still had your your regular if nine I to was, five. Yeah. You know. If I was still in the professional capacity of my career I don't think I could have been there the way I was able to now. Right. Um, and I just feel for people that are in that situation where they have this huge emotional toll on their life tugging them and then have to go to work and pretend like everything is fine when inside you're just dying, you know, you're just not good. Yeah. So I, I really, I'm grateful for the time that I had with mom that I could give her mm -hmm. this time. Um, but I couldn't imagine trying to do multiple things with that. That would just be, I don't know if I could do it, honestly, you know. I want to go back to what you were saying about how, how you're wondering, because I think this is such a great, you, when, we, when you said it to me, like I just envisioned it, um, we were talking about how it, does grief become a mental illness? Yeah. And you were talking about how grief is like this cloak that you carry. Yeah. Yeah, I... It came to me because I felt like it was so heavy. Like, I just felt like, oh my gosh, I feel so, like I almost couldn't stand up straight. You know, I was yeah. feeling so down and my head was down and my shoulders were crunching. You know, I just felt physically like I was carrying this huge weight. It actually almost felt physically like I was doing it. And I envisioned that, you know, grief could be a heavy, cloak or coat that we've put around ourselves when we're in the middle of it and the next thing you know this heavy duty coat is weighing us down and it's slowing us down and it's you know you might not even be aware of it but you're carrying this heavy heavy load and when I imagined it I could picture it on me I could yeah. picture like this big old ugly furry wet dripping heavy coat that I'm wearing I'm like that's grief right that's it's black and dark and it's like yeah. oh my gosh what do I do with this how do I get this off right mm -hmm. I want it off so 
I realized that I can't take it off. It's always going to be there. <laughs> you know, you can't just say, okay, I'm not going to grieve anymore. It doesn't work. So I'm like, well, what do I do with this thing? You know, and it, it you know, thinking on it, um, instead of wearing it, what if it became a part of me? So I almost envisioned it like becoming a part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. So what was once a heavy burden is now mixed in with everything else that I am. So when I have an emotion, I'm happy and I'm smiling and laughing in the moment. Great. When I'm feeling sad, I can acknowledge my grief. Okay. I, I, that's what this is. This is what I'm feeling right now. I could acknowledge it, honor it, and then move on. It's a part of me now. If I get sick, I go to the doctor. If I, you know, hurt my leg or my back, I get it fixed. If I'm grieving, I'll grieve. Right. But it's not a burden anymore. It's a part of the entire me. Um, and it'll always be there. And it, right. as I think as time goes on and I learn more practices, I don't think it'll come to the forefront as much. Mm-hmm. But when it does, I'll, I'll be there for it, and it'll be a part of me, and it won't be such a drastically hard thing to get through. I um, I always say trauma is trauma is trauma, meaning one person's trauma may not be another person's trauma, but you know, any kind of loss, any kind of life-changing moment, whether it be tragic, whether it be something... Um, that causes you pain, um, you know, trauma is trauma is trauma, whatever you put on it, whatever title you put on it. And I think that the, the most important thing about doing this is you're having a conversation about something that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. People will give you a hug and they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry for you, or, oh, I know how you feel, or... I think it. I think you said, or as one woman looked at you, said, "Oh, you lost your mother. I just lost my mother. It sucks." Like, yeah. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> she said, "Your life will never be the same." Yeah, it's like, oh wow, you have a nice day. Yeah, thanks yeah. for cheering me up <laughs> so much. That's just what I needed to hear. Um, but it, it, it's just a conversation that people don't want to have, and you know, I'm all about conversations because I feel like. Just a conversation will lighten you yeah. or, or have you walk away with something. So that's why I'm so, I hate to say this word, but I'm so excited that you're doing this <laughs> because we just don't talk enough about the hard stuff yeah. or we feel like nobody wants to hear about it. Nobody wants to, nobody really cares. I, I mean, I've had people say to me, you can talk to me. And then when I talk to them, they like, they shake their head and they're like, mm, yeah, I know. Yeah, I lost my mom too. And it either becomes a conversation about their loss yeah. or at the end of it, it's like, I know it's tough, but, you know, life goes on. Yeah. Look, I know life goes on. Right. And that's not what you need to hear at that moment. It's Right. It's not what I need to hear right now. Why don't you have a conversation with me about what you did or what you didn't do or what you wish you had done to get through it? Like, make it a conversation that's productive, not mm-hmm. this, okay, I'm being a good friend and I'm listening to my friend as she is going through this. Like, no, like, at least offer me a bottle of wine like, or something. Like, don't sit there and, like, pat me or no 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 it'll be okay I know it'll be okay but how do I get from here to okay and that's why I think what you're doing is so important yeah I I need to know that and that's this all started from what I need yes you know what I I know my personality type and 
Um, I, I said that I'm not a therapist and I'm not a counselor by any means, but I'm really good at communicating and connecting. So if I'm feeling it and I need answers, let me give other people the answers too that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So um, I love the idea to be able to take this hot topic, which is very hot right now because our age group is dealing with loss all the time. So our age group. Well, it's true, though. It's just everyone that's getting in touch with me. And it's not just to say my age group. It's, no, but it's it people is. of every age. But for some reason, the ones that are reaching out to me are pretty much in our demographic. Because that's, you know, when you're in your late 50s to your mid 60s, that's, you know, yeah. even though to me that, you know, now that I'm there, I still feel like, well, that's not really older. But it is older, you know, and, and the people that came before us. Yeah. And we're dealing with our elder parents. Mm-hmm. And some of us are in that sandwich. So we have our elder parents and we still have kids at home. Mm -hmm. And that's an incredibly stressful situation to be in. So it is a hot topic um, and it should be talked about and it shouldn't be demonized, you know, because it's something that we all feel. And, you know, I started talking about grief and this is really an interesting thing. So I did a podcast with Chrissy Canny, who Mm -hmm. you also talked about. Love her. I was talking about grief back then, but not because of my mom, but we were talking about it with COVID. Yes. How people were just grieve, like grieving the loss of being able to go out to dinner and grieving that, you know, this business closed or that they can't go back to work and see their friends. It was just a different grief, yes. but we were talking about a collective grief because of COVID and the shutdown and stuff. And we were all in it. We were so all everybody in it. could relate to that moment yeah. in time. And again, it wasn't discussed that that's what we were all feeling and right. we were. And I feel this is something similar because now this is personal, right? So COVID was really broad, right? But but now when you're talking about the loss of a mom or a dad or a spouse or a child or whatever, it's really deeply personal. And it's harder to talk about that than it would be like a broader grief like in COVID. This is like really hitting a nerve. And it shouldn't be demonized. As I said, we should feel that we can talk about it and get the help we need and have people listen but not judge right right? so even if they're not in it they can just hear what you're going through yes just and sometimes that's all you need is just someone to hear what you're saying Mm -hmm. and you know not be like patting you okay well that's fine but right not that just hearing it and understanding that wow she's going through a tough time exactly you know that's all you have to say is i'm really sorry you're going through this really tough time yeah you don't have to say anything else i agree (laughs) you know it could be that simple it's just the acknowledgement of i see you i I hear you and i'm very very you know sorry it took me a long time to not feel like I had to say more to someone yes. than, oh, sh- you know, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss or, you know, my deepest condolences on your loss. Like, how to say it properly. Um, I I grew up in a neighborhood that um, the demographic was when there was a loss. <laughs> you always knew, and it, it well, you always knew when someone passed away, even if you don't know who the person was, because they just, everybody in the family was dressed in black. Right. You know, black shirt, black bra, black pants, black socks, black shoes, no makeup, no jewelry, except for the crucifix. <laughs> and, you know, you could come across someone and talk to them and be like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. And they would be like, yeah, I lost my mother 15 years ago. And you would just kind of catch your breath like, what? <laughs> You're still wearing You're still wearing black. <laughs> You're, you know, like they carried that grief forever. It wasn't healthy. No. But 
being in that environment, even though being the Irish family on the block, we didn't do that. Our way of coping was, okay, you've had your three or four days of grief, now get back to work. There was no coping with it. That's right. It was, well, life goes on. So for me, even going through this with my mother, there's a little bit of shame and a little bit of guilt or feeling like, wow, I'm not as strong as other people are because this is really affecting every part of my life. Right. And, and now I have friends telling me that and, and kind of writing me off, which really makes me feel like, you know, a buffoon. But it's... It's just so important not to judge, just to listen, just to, to, you know, touch base every now and then, um, understand why someone's disappearing from your life for a little while, and um, just just trying, you know, just trying to be kind. Yeah. It's all about a little bit of kindness. Absolutely. And letting that person work through whatever it is that they have. So, again, you know, doing this... It's so important. Um, and I look at it, too, as an example to my daughter. I mean, my daughter's 30. Yeah. But as an example to her of, you know what, it, it's it's okay. Like my mother says, I, I know it's going to be sad when, I, when I'm gone, but I don't want you carrying, I don't want you living in that sadness. I want you to be happy. I want you, you know, to start your life up again. I want you to go forward and... It's like I find myself having those discussions with my daughter now so that when my time comes, which will not be for another 50 years, I'm I'm determined to hang around at least 100. um, She'll know, you know, I loved my mother so much, but she loved me enough to tell me, you know, let me go. Don't hang on too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be there. I'll be somewhere. You'll feel my energy. That's what I think, too. I feel like. You know, I feel like my mom is with me. Yes. And I think she always will be, especially when I need her to be. Yes. You know, I don't feel like her spirit is lost to me at all. I feel like it's always with me. Um, And I would, I want my kids to know that too. You know, I don't want my passing to ruin their life. You know, I want them to be able to be proud of the time and be proud of their mother and the relationship that we had and stuff. But, and I, I think that would probably go for a lot of people. Like when I go... Don't, you know, live, you know, don't grieve a little, but don't forever grieve, you know, live your life. You know, I think think we all kind of feel that way. I I don't want flowers. I want balloons. I want a party. I want want a band. I want colorful balloons. I want a balloon (laughs) arch. I want like flower balloons. Yeah. I want like spotlights. I want like the uplighting around everything celebration of life yeah i want people to come in like i want all the music that i loved like Mm -hmm. i love heavy metal i want that playing (laughs) (laughs) i want you to be playing that i want a little ozzy i want yeah i want you know a playlist (laughs) this was the music my mother loved this is who she was um you know this is this is what i want at my funeral, I want people to cry. You know, laughter through tears is a pretty good emotion. You 100%. know, it takes care of everything. It helps you feel sad, but it also keeps the good memories alive. Yeah. And before we go, if there's just one thing that I can say to people, which really irks me, this doesn't even irk me, it pisses me off. <laughs> okay. When people find out, how old was your mom? She was 82. So there's always a subset of people that will look at you and go, oh, well, 82, God bless. She had a good life. Mm-hmm. Like somehow, because they lived longer, 
your grief is not as bad as someone who lost their mother at 19 or 30 or even 40. And let me make this very, very, very clear. And yeah, I am pissed off saying this because because I've seen it happen to people yeah. that I genuinely care about and had people say it to them where I thought, if I knew this person better, I would just shake them. The next time you look at someone and you say, oh, well, you know, they had a good life. Like, you know, I understand she's upset and everything, but, you know, you got to get back to work. You got to get out. The next time I hear somebody say that, I'm going to look at them and I'm going to tell them, you know what? I understand. I don't understand the grief of someone who's lost their mother at 20 or 21. I can't imagine my life as I've lived it without my mother in the background. Yeah. Whether she was yelling at me, we were fighting, we were whatever it was, this was my life. Now, turn that around. This person that you're talking about has not known one day of their life without their person this person in it. Yeah. They have so many years that they are grieving so many just like you grieve the memories you didn't get to make the milestones that you've hit that your parent or the person you love was not there to see this person is grieving it in a different way because every there is no part of their life that that person hasn't been there and I wish people would stop saying well, you know, they had a good life. You know, I don't know why. Like, she's still, it's six months later. My God, like, she had her mother whole. She's in her 60s. She's in. Stop that. Stop shaming people. Stop yeah. shaming people who have had someone in their life. You know, it's almost like you get penalized because you didn't lose them sooner. It, it just irritates me. Yeah, no, and rightfully so. And that's so, it doesn't even make sense when you really dig into that thought. Like, why would you even say why that? Why would you say <laughs> that? It's such a, it's a thoughtless thing to say. It's a thoughtless, it's, it's a very thoughtless thing to say. Just because I'm an adult, just because I'm, I'm going to be 60 next year, that doesn't mean that, well, you should know how to handle your grief. No, you don't know how to handle your grief until it happens. Yeah, until it hits you. It doesn't matter what age you are. Right. And every picture, everything, every time I look at my daughter, every holiday that comes, I'm going to remember everything about my mother. Yes. And it's going to hurt. Well, they say the first year is the first without, the first Christmas without, the first yes. Thanksgiving without, the first summer without. So. The grieving period does not have a time frame. No. And it doesn't matter how long that person has been in your life. There's no time period on grieving someone that you lost that you truly love deeply. Um, and after that year of first, like the woman that's uh, letting us have our group at her farm, she said that the second year was harder for her because people went back to their own life and she was kind of like, all right, I'm a widow with three kids. What am I doing? You know, and it was harder. You know, the longer from the actual death, the further out she was sadder. So there's no time. You can't put a time frame on grieving. You just can't do it. And to expect someone to not be sad, like you just said, six months later, or a year later, that's that's a completely thoughtless thing to say, and they, they don't understand the process at all. People, I'm getting emotional, I'm sorry. <laughs> People just need to be kind. They just, they be just kind. need to and, learn There's so many things that don't need to be said. Yeah. You know, people just feel like they need to say something, 
And there's books actually that I was reading about things not to say to someone who's grieving, and you hit on probably about five of them. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> there's just you know, sometimes you make it worse. You know, it's better that you just kind of keep it. I'm so sorry. You know, something short and sweet, and not feel like I have to fill in that silence between us with right. more blah, 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 that's going to hurt you. Exactly. Right. So before it, you say something, send me a pizza. Yeah. And a Just wine. send me a pizza. That'll be a, a <laughs> bottle of wine, a bottle of vodka even. I'm sure I have juice somewhere that I can mix with it. But before you say something stupid, because it's stupid and it's thoughtless and it's hurtful and, yeah. and I don't care if that's politically correct to say or not. You know, look at me, and when you're getting ready to say that, just look at me and say, you know what? I think tomorrow I'm going to send you a pizza. That's great. That would be because that will make me smile. Yes. That'll make me giggle. That'll make me, and that'll give you a moment to just hug me and, and just say it'll be okay. Thing. Yeah. Because not only are you sending me pizza, I don't have to worry about dinner tomorrow. Right. I don't right? have to worry. And if anybody <laughs> stops by, I can say, hey, you want a slice? <laughs> like, just... Tracy, thank you so much. So um, once, tell me, no, we didn't tell anybody, everybody when it, when and where it's meeting. Okay, so it's uh, our circle of grief. Yes. The the name that we're, we're calling it. It's going to be a Calgo Gardens on Adelphia Road. And I think that's Howell. I don't think it's, it's Freehold. It's like the Howell Farmingdale right right Freehold Farmingdale. intersection. <laughs> but it's Calgo Gardens. It's August 10th at 6 o'clock. Yeah. And we'll have light refreshments. And as I said, I have speakers lined up. Um, Great um, speakers, by the way. Mm, yeah, I think so. really impactful speakers that are going to be really helpful. I think so. And we'll add so much to it. Yeah. You know, they're both really great in what they do. And then, uh, you know, it, it's the first one. Yeah. So it's kind of my test run to see what works and what doesn't work. So um, I'm not anticipating that it's going to go much beyond an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And I don't want it to. I don't want it to drag on and on and on. Right. I just want to, like, make our talks and, you know, talk a little bit amongst ourselves and kind of leave there with a lighter heart. That's what I'm hoping for. Do you have a Facebook page or anything? It's, that I do. Can go to? I, I will. It's ourcircleofgrief.com. Okay. And I am working on the Facebook and the Instagram. But Perfect. Uh, By the time this airs, it'll be up. Yes. So um, thank you so much, my friend, oh, for thanks coming for on and talking me. about this. It's, it's not... Um, you know what? It can be an uplifting conversation. I was going to say it's not an uplifting topic, but it can be an uplifting conversation. I think so. I think to honor it, it's a legitimate feeling that we're carrying within us. It's yes. a legitimate feeling, you know, and it, it should be looked at um, with grace and even gratitude. Well, I don't I can't think of a better person to lead it. Oh, thank you. Seriously. Thank I'm serious, you. I'm, so. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. I All think right. it's going to be helpful for a lot of people.